Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth. Consistently, I'm your host, David Schreiner-Kahn. Every spiritual entrepreneur that I have ever interviewed, talked to, anything, has what I would call a presence practice. Today on episode 477 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with spiritual entrepreneur, Devi Adea. I'm going to ask Devi how to overcome the fear that holds us back from what we are meant to share with the world and much more. Find out more about Devi along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Devi Adea. Devi is a soulful speaker, author, coach, and conscious business strategist. As the host of the top-ranked Spiritual Entrepreneur Podcast and creator of the popular Podcast on Purpose Online Academy, Devi moves entrepreneurs and leaders to embrace their soul's purpose and to share their message with the world so they can experience elevated freedom, fulfillment, and results in work and life. Devi has been featured three times as an icon of influence at the New Media Summit, and interviews today's top podcasters and influencers on her brand new show, Podcasters on Purpose, and shares her spiritual entrepreneurial insights on Devi TV, the podcast, both now available on iTunes. Devi, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you on. I know you and I have talked a lot about your being a guest on Smashing the Plateau since we first met each other through the New Media Summit. So it's great great to be able to feature you today. Um, I'm loving being here. I absolutely love your show and I adore you. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, the feeling is mutual. So let's cut to the chase. What is a spiritual entrepreneur? You know, I get this question a lot and there's there's a lot of different ways that people would answer this. But for me personally, a spiritual entrepreneur is someone who accesses those unique gifts of your soul. You know, each one of us come into this world with a unique mix that I believe is really uh, why we're here, what we're here to share in the world. So a spiritual entrepreneur to me is someone who takes that unique mix or soulful self-expression and uses it in a profitable business and service to humanity in some way. Mm. So what's, what's a good example of somebody who really has that mix down of being spiritual, providing some kind of positive impact, and also being profitable? Well, there's so many. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to my show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Kind of. All right. <laughs> so Oprah, Oprah Winfrey would be a good person, I guess you could say. She's very soulful. She does super soul Sundays, right? And she's taken her unique mix, which is really, I believe, showcasing greatness in other people and uh, put together a media platform where she can share that. Um, I've had people on my show like Dr. John Martini, who literally all he does during his day are the things that he feels are his soul's gifts. So his intention is to go and, and reach and uplift the entire planet. That's one of the things he wants to do, but he only focuses in on things that he's good at, a lot of which are research. He does a lot of things in, in the area of um, you know, metaphysical study and you know, looking at the minutia that most people probably couldn't even comprehend uh, in terms of uh, quantum physics and other things to share those gifts with people. But he, he doesn't drive a car. He doesn't cook his food. He doesn't do anything else. Like he's to an extreme in terms of someone that's just really focusing in on what his unique mix is. And that's where he lives his life uh, so that he can be of greater service during his lifetime. And they've done some amazing things through their company. Okay. So those are great examples. And uh, Oprah is certainly someone who has been very profitable. 
while promoting goodness in other people. Mm-hmm. Great examples. For somebody who really wants to do the right thing and have impact um, and also be profitable, I know a lot of people struggle with this. What mistakes do you typically see people making? Well, I would say that one of the things that I see people doing that are, that are, I'll give you a couple. So the first thing I see people doing is holding themselves back from their fullest self-expression. So there's this conversation that goes on between our ears, right? That says, who am I? Like, who am I to share this with the world and the scale that we can? There's like a belief that there's some, like you say, plateau, right? Uh, there's some plateau on what it is that we're able to to share what we deserve to share. And the truth is, who are you not? Like, you, you'll hear the phrase, uh, you know, I think Marianne Williamson said, right? And it's really, who are you not to share that gift? Who are you not to come out and share your message? Because that's what you're really here to do. So I see people holding themselves back when really the plateau is their own mindset. And then I would, I also would say that a lot of people will try and do too much. And that's been something that I've had to work with when you are at all gifted in multiple areas, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're creative, a lot of times what I'll see people do is disperse their energy uh, into too many places where they don't get traction in, in one area. So trying to do it all at once rather than maybe mapping it out over time can really drain the momentum from your business. And the more momentum you have, momentum begets momentum. It'll help you to keep moving forward and grow at a much more accelerated pace. Right. So go narrow and go deep. Yeah, exactly. And and then go, you know, you can go wide over time. Like you'll cover a lot more ground that way if you focus on the road you're on than trying to drive on three roads at once, right? You'll eventually get the whole neighborhood covered. So. Yeah. Although for people who are earlier on in some kind of entrepreneurial effort, whether they're starting out early in their professional in their professional life or whether they're kind of mid-career or later and doing something entrepreneurial for the first time, they often don't have a good sense of what is going to gain traction. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen is people in those kinds of situations very often will cast a wide net to see what's going to stick. Yeah. And and that actually can be beneficial early on. One of the things that I usually say to people who are starting out is what is it that people come to you for already? If they do, if no one's coming to you for anything, then don't worry about that question. Uh, but if not, like look at, I, there's an exercise that I, I love, which is uh, you contact the people in your life, either past clients, people you've worked with in your business, people who know you for different durations of time. And you ask the question, if I had a unique ability, one that sets me apart, what would it be? And so, and you wait and see what people would say about you, right? And then you look at what is it you're most passionate about and you see where those two things kind of intersect. And you can also survey if you have an existing list of customers, like, you know, what is it that they're needing? Or look at maybe something that you were interested in like last year, right? That you've already done and developed that you might want to help someone with. I didn't even think that I was ever going to be teaching podcasting, right? That's not been something that I I sought out. But when people came to me and said, you know, hey, how do you launch your show, right? I really want to do this. And I got to the point where I was like, I can't teach everybody. I might as well put together an online course, right? That's when you start looking at, you know, and the intersection with that for me is that's a platform where people can express the voice of their soul, right? Which is my mission. So finding finding what it is that people come to you for and what your gifts are. And that unique intersection is a great place to start a business. Uh, unless you're seeing something in the world that you're moved to tears to shift. And then that's another great place. <laughs> 
Right. So a little bit of market research and some self-reflection combined. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. Debbie, going back to your first point about holding back, why do you think people hold back? I, you know, I think that there is a kind of an underlying fear of being seen. I know for me personally, I, for years hid the fact that I had any kind of spiritual aspect to me. Like I focused a lot on the external world because I grew up in a family, what I like to call a Clara family, right? That is a family that has more gifts uh, in the area of like clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, like things that most people don't talk about, they're uncomfortable with. And so I hid that part of myself and I focused a lot on the external world. And I know for me, when I had to, I decided, you know, I wasn't reaching fulfillment no matter how much money I was making or how many experiences I was having or even how much contribution I was making because I was hiding that part of me but I was terrified to share it. I think that people, we get scared to share that part of ourselves. And I know for me, when I actually finally, you know, created my show on iTunes and started to talk about it, there was a freedom and a release and it was like my soul could relax. But until we're willing to have the courage to kind of come over the fear of being ostracized or criticized or who am I, or whatever the conversations are that we've had, that we've listened to over the years, it's it's tough. It's tough to be seen fully for who we are in our in our greatness and to to kind of buck the uh, self-beliefs that we've been carrying, right? Those limiting beliefs. So I feel, you know, when it comes to sharing something that's most important to you, that maybe is your calling that you're here to do when it matters so much, sometimes it's kind of terrifying to put yourself out there and and be, you know, criticized or told, you know, you're not good enough. And the things that we perceive in our mind before we actually do it are way, way worse than what usually happens in practice. Yeah, that's for sure. That's mm -hmm. for sure. So Debbie, how did you overcome your fears? How did you manage to take that bold step? Well, I set a deadline for one thing. So I called a friend and I said, I think I want to do a podcast. And she said, I want to do one too. And I said, great. So she said, how about we do it in, you know, how long do you think it'll take? Two months. So we said, okay, two months. We're going to give ourselves two months. We didn't know what we were doing. And we said, okay, well, what's it going to be about? And I had been kind of hiding the side of myself. And she's like, well, you know, you've had spiritualentrepreneur.com since, you know, early 2000 and in 1999. <laughs> what if you use that? And I was like, no, I can't talk about that. So she said, well, you've got 72 hours uh, to do that or something better. So the deadline really helped. And literally... At midnight, the night that my show was going to go out, I waited, you know, as you know, oftentimes we launch with at least three shows uh, just to give some people something to listen to and binge listen to when we're, when we're launching out as well as helping downloads. And so uh, when I went and I launched my show, I did three episodes, two interviews in my own intro episode. Well, I did them backwards. I did the two intro interviews before I did my intro episode. And I waited till midnight that night to launch. I pushed at the very last minute. Uh, so the accountability really helped me to do it. And I was shaking when I did it. I was really scared. I was like, what's going to happen if people find this out about me, right? And the world didn't end. I survived. <laughs> and I told myself, worst case, I can replace the intro episode later, right? And it's not going to probably go out on, on all the airways right away. So I kind of talked myself through it. And I and I used the phrase, which I love, which is done is better than perfect. So I gave myself three tries. I said, you've got three times to, to do this intro episode. You can replace it later if you want, but you're just going to put it out. So that helped me a lot. Yeah. So having that accountability with another person, and in particular, having someone else who is outside your business and removed from the emotional baggage that may be tied to making the decision yourself, being mm -hmm. in a supportive role, sounds like it was huge. 
Huge. Yeah. I, I would not have done it without her. I guarantee you, I, if I had not committed to another person uh, with how I felt that night, I would have been like, oh yeah, okay, let's do something different. Right. I don't want to do this. So uh, it really makes a big difference. And I've seen that time and time again with my students as well. Like if they have the accountability with me and our group, it's, they're going to do it because they've committed. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the same thing over and over again with people that I work with. I've seen it my for myself, these things that are hard and really scary to do. It takes having someone outside my business who's supportive to really encourage me, support me, and also push me at the same time. That's so true. So Debbie, is there a way that you can kind of walk us through maybe a few basic steps that kind of set the framework for somebody who really wants to be a spiritual entrepreneur? Yeah. So uh, basically where I would start is I would get connected to that voice inside. So whatever that looks like, every spiritual entrepreneur that I have ever interviewed, talked to, anything has what I would call a presence practice. And you can call that whatever you want in like meditation. You can call it running in nature. I had a gentleman who was a you know high seven figure earner who I know who's, would go in in the morning and turn the shower on, bring out some trade rags and a calculator <laughs> and Literally, I called it towel time. He put his towel over his head and look at the industry rags and then do the numbers and listen inside. That's how he could get connected to the intuition inside on what it was that he was going to be working on, right? So you find some time, it could even be listening to classical music or journaling, but a time during your day and during your life on a consistent basis where you access that, you know, I like to call them divine downloads. You can call them whatever you want, insights, flashes of inspiration, where you are receiving that information, right, coming in, and then map it out into your business structure. So allow that to be kind of the guiding force in what it is that you do on an ongoing basis. So once you have your morning practice or what I call your presence practice, as a spiritual entrepreneur, what you're going to want to do is look at who it is you want to serve. And it's going to be different for each one of us, depending upon what we're, we feel we're here to do. Some people are more drawn to women. Some people are drawn to working with multiple uh, sides, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, both men and women. And then uh, look at what that gift is that you have. So are we talking about new spiritual entrepreneurs? Or are we talking about people that are wanting to add spiritual entrepreneurship into their business? Um, that's a great question. Let's say somebody who who has been in business and is struggling to find that uh, the spiritual place that can really nourish their soul and also have much greater impact for them with the kinds of people they want to serve. Okay, great. So my experience is of people that have already been in business for a while is typically what happens is there's a point where we kind of go into flood where things become overwhelming and we're trying to still do it in the way that we did it when we started out. Like there's this, you know, we can get it done all, all on our own kind of thing, right? As the entrepreneur, once you've been in business a little bit longer, you're going to find that uh, you know, you, you can only sprint so long, right? And then you you wear yourself out. So uh, one of the beautiful resources or parts of your team you may not be utilizing really is the spiritual aspect. So a couple of the tools that I use as a spiritual entrepreneur, and I've seen a lot of my clients and my guests on my show use, are the presence practice in the morning that I mentioned, as well as, you know, there's there's an intentional, when we set an intention, there's a power inside of an intention that you create that you may not even realize is as happening on your behalf. So what it would look like is at the beginning of your day or of your week, you would set not only maybe what your goal is and what you want to achieve, 
But what's your intention? What is it that you're really clearly defining and declaring that you want to create in your life? Your word has more power than you may realize. And then what what you need to do is state your intention and then throughout the week, be willing to be present enough to notice the answer to that intention in your life experience. So one of the things that I that I use a lot of time is I'll start off my day and I'll say, okay, this is where I'm needing help. And this is what I'm creating as my intention for my week or for my day. And please let me stay present enough to see it. And then I go into my day-to-day life and it's amazing when I do that and I start my day that way, the resources and synchronous events and things show up that would never have shown up had I not been in that same alignment with my presence practice and that intention. And I will have things show up that that I would not normally just plan out, right? In my goals and my day-to-day actions, these other things show up that that wouldn't have shown up otherwise. And then the other thing that you may want to do is if you're not someone who can stay present enough to notice those gifts as they show up in your life, you can set up, um, you know, they call it an NLP, like anchors in your, like in your space, or you could, some people call it triggers, but triggering events to bring you back into the present moment. So it could be, you know, every time you go to the bathroom, you take a deep breath and you ask yourself a question, or every time you walk through the front door or when you turn on your car, but moments that bring you back into the awareness of your own intention, your own soul, and what you're really here to do. And hopefully, if you're someone who is mission-based, that intention will be in alignment with your bigger mission. The support when you do that is, is even stronger, in my experience. Yeah, so it really sounds like having an intentional spiritual plan. Yeah, exactly. And and then paying attention as it's being it's unfolding in your experience. And you learn so much by doing that about yourself. Yeah. So Debbie, as you have employed these practices in your own business, how have they come to fruition? And in particular, let's go full circle and and tie in the profit piece. What's worked well for you in terms of not only building that spiritual practice as part of your business, but also creating profitability and specifically recurring profitability. Okay. So I have different areas of of revenue model for me. So I have my coaching practice, which is more like recurring, right? Uh, Where I started that back in 2000. And uh, for me, really, that was, I was doing coaching, but I didn't want to do it inside of a company that wasn't as aligned with me. So I went out on my own and I didn't feel ready to actually do the speaking part. So I went and I had someone who had their own audience that that spoke and needed a coach to come in and I worked the back of the room for him and I did some calls out of that and started to get clients and then in serving them I had a lot of referral business come and I didn't really need to do a lot of marketing around it it kind of organically grew for me and that was all following what I'm talking about like the presence practice and then listening and being like where do I go and having someone refer me over, right? I couldn't have planned to have found that person probably. I didn't even know that as a strategy. It just happened. So that was how I kind of employed that. I did the presence practice. I asked for help. I listened when someone said, you should connect with this person. I met with the person and showed up. And then we had the conversation and they invited me in. And then I just served their clients, right? Gave delivered value. And that's actually worked really well for me in the coaching space. Like I recently... I wanted some new clients. So I went on to my show and I said, all right, so, and I haven't done a lot of tying my show into my coaching on spiritual entrepreneur. 
But I thought, well, you know, I'll let them know more that I am a coach and I do these things. Uh, and so I just said, you know, hey, I'm a coach. I have a couple spots open. And if you're interested, you can email my team, support at Love to talk to you about it and see if we're a good fit. Super simple. The person, I get this email, this person really wants to talk to me. We get in touch and she says, iTunes got stuck on, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a coach. <laughs> right? So this, she said, so I knew you were my coach. So this was kind of, again, setting the presence practice, doing something and the universe delivered a response that I didn't expect. Right? I've never had iTunes get stuck like that before. So that those kinds of things happen. <laughs> when we're in that alignment, I, I believe. And then um, for my uh, online courses, uh, for podcasting, basically with that, I was open to whatever would be next for me. I wanted to take my business online, but I wasn't sure what to offer. And so, you know, I really heard inside of myself after my meditation was, well, listen and pay attention to what people are asking for. And I was getting this ongoingly. So I set up a uh, I went in and I created a founder's course. You know, I, I specifically asked for what they wanted. I knew how to launch a podcast. I'd already done it. And so I set up a course and then I went and I had a friend invite me to come and speak on her stage at the Transformational Speaker Summit. And I sold the course and we had a really nice uh, return out of that weekend. <laughs> it was a high high converting offer. People were very interested uh, and then I worked with them and we, you know, launched a bunch of shows out of that. And then I was getting, I was noticing myself thinking, well, there's some people who aren't launching their shows, right? So what is it they're needing? And so uh, I heard, why don't you ask? Super simple. So I decided to ask and I said, so where are people getting stuck? And I thought, oh, you know what? I got this insight, go into Kajabi and look and see where people are getting stuck. So I have this online platform and inside the platform, it shows you how far people have gone into the course. So as I'm looking, I'm like, oh, this person hasn't even opened it yet, <laughs> right? They bought it, they're not using it. And so I thought, well, maybe if I could deliver a more intensive type of experience for them, they would then uh, receive more benefit from it. So I decided to make some phone calls and I literally just, I said, all right, well, what would that look like? And I got a call from a friend of mine who said, you really should do these weekend events. Uh, you could just do like four people at a time, have them come in uh, and then, you know, sit down and and do an intensive where you literally launch their show in a weekend. And I thought, okay, that sounds like a good thing. And so I contacted the people and I just said, hey, I noticed that you've gotten stuck inside of the course. I can see how far you've gotten. What's going on with your show? And I listened and had them tell me, you know, oh, I'm so embarrassed I didn't start or I started to start, but then I got stuck here. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with this particular thing. And I thought, okay, well, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, you know, I'm coming to, as the first one I did was in Seattle. I'm coming to Seattle. I live in San Diego and I'm going to get a group of, you know, 12 or less people because I wanted to keep it small to start. Uh, and we're going to launch our shows in a weekend. So uh, this is what it would look like. And I just walked them through the whole process of what that would look like in, that I had created in my mind. I hadn't actually delivered yet. And, you know, I'd love to invite you to come. We're going to give you your equipment. We're going to go through and test it. We're going to record your three episodes. We're going to edit them for you with my editing team. We're going to literally set up your hosting account and launch your show. By the end of the weekend, you'll have a live podcast. And that really resonated with people. And so I had, you know, just naturally and very organically that all fill up. And then I was like, well, I've never had an event space. Where do I go? And then I had this 
a woman who uh, who had been in my online course who ran a uh, a place called Shift Up in Seattle. It's like a co-working space, which when you're doing podcasting, you need a higher tech setup. So that was perfect. And she said, you know, I can get you a killer deal on it. It had orange beanbag chairs. <laughs> if you know my show, my brand is orange. So it was amazing. They had orange chairs and round tables and big TVs and in a rooftop deck where we could have a podcaster potluck for all the people in the area and build community. And it just, it just fell into my lap and it was very affordable. So those are those kinds of things where I probably would not have found that had I planned it, but I was willing to set the intention of what I needed and listen to what was showing up in my life experience and then act on those things that were showing up. And, you know, we've had a hundred percent success rate with our uh, in-person workshops. And that's become a very great revenue model for my company because it's a nice group of people at a high end price. So that's pretty much like how that's been working. And I'm, you know, I do my, my speaking, mostly speak to sell right now. I'm, I wanted to get into doing more keynoting. So I'll be listening for where that shows up um, and just trusting, trusting what's coming in for me when I state the intention and I, I'll just give you this little tip too. I used to intend things, but I intended things in a way of, I want it to look exactly like this. So I would say something like, you know, I want to have this client that looks exactly like this and it, you know, creating it this way. And usually when I do that, it doesn't show up well for me. But instead I leave some some room or what I like to call space for grace in there. And I'll say, okay, so this is what I believe I want. And I want it in the highest and best way for all everyone involved with ease, grace, joy, and love. I add those words and it always turns out right for me when I do that. If I forget and I'm trying to just manage and control it exactly how it needs to look, usually it doesn't show up in the best way for me. So that's how I apply those spiritual principles to business. And you need to track the numbers, right? <laughs> you need to pay attention to the details and you need to show up. You can't just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to create this and then not follow through when it's delivered. You have to show up. You have to book the room. You have to make the calls. But it, I find that it's like putting uh, gas in the car and driving somewhere instead of pushing the car uphill. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really, really interesting and smart process that you've described where you're setting an intention, you're communicating it to the people around you who are in a position to be able to be helpful and because they know like trust you, care about you, they will be helpful. Listen mm -hmm. for what comes in in response and then taking action and of course, tracking the metrics. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's um, as I said, it's a, it's a very smart process. So Debbie, looking around at your world, whom do you know personally who has done a fabulous job of smashing the plateau, particularly that may be in alignment with some of these principles that we just discussed? So I tend to attract people that do similar to that have a similar model to me or kind of looking to amplify that. So I would say a lot of people in my life have that. Um, I'm actually in DC right now. And I've this week met with a few people. I, you know, Melinda Woodstock, she's smashing the plateau with women. Carl Hicks, he has a an organization here, Denise Harrington. There's a bunch of people, but I have to say, I'm just gonna pick one. My father. I'm visiting family right now in DC and my father is one of the men that I respect most in my life who has been a role model in this, you know, my mom as well. And my dad right now, you know, he's the kind of guy that he had three scholarships to University of Colorado in three different sports to pay for his way to get there. It was in the newspaper for that. He's the, what do you call it? They call it a, um, a living legend. 
his his jersey's been retired. <laughs> uh, he went to work for a bank and became, you know, VP and then president of the bank. He was a Mason and he became a 33rd degree Mason. And then I guess they have a grand cross. He went to the top of that food chain. <laughs> and in yoga, like he became, he went and studied yoga and then became a, an Acharya or a minister in that craft. So he's always kind of going to the deepest level in all the areas. He, he noticed some injustice in our world. He had a state planning practice for most of his life as a lawyer. And he now, um, he shifted into immigration law and he's been helping people that have been suffering with a lot of things that have been going on in immigration. He's just an extraordinary human. And he definitely practices these practices. He's a, a meditator and he's someone that sets the intention. He always says to me, um, when you're going to a, when you're getting into a situation that's going to be challenging, he said, you know, and you're not able to handle it emotionally or whatever. He says, just imagine you're getting in your helicopter and you're going to rise above it and look at it from a different perspective. And that's been something that's really helped me in my life when I've had challenges to be able to remember that, you know, I can always shift my perspective and my vantage point. And usually when we do that, we get a, a different solution. And for me, one of the ways that I get in my helicopter is I will go into meditation or go in, actually into the shower. I'll state an intention to get an answer, go in the shower and receive it because water, for whatever reason, really works for me. But um, but he's just been a huge inspiration. He's done very well in his own life and he's done. he's taken his soul's gifts and served humanity with them. His name's George R. Adams. He's amazing. Really nice to hear that that example comes from home. Thanks. Yeah. Debbie, what is coming up in the near future for you? What do we have to look forward to? Well, I'm working right now on a book. Uh, and so that'll be coming out. And it's definitely around uh, raising your consciousness and creating results in your life. And then I have uh, an event that I'm wanting to put on in the fall. I'm still kind of playing with what that's going to look like specifically again inside this formula that I shared with you. <laughs> so uh, open to that and listening for guidance on, on what I should put together for that. But um, that'll probably be around, you know, spiritual entrepreneurism in November. And uh, I've got more podcast on purpose VIP weekends that I'm doing and that sort of thing. But you may see me on stages. I'm looking at, at kind of getting more of my message out as well. Sounds great. And, and do you have a free gift for our audience? I do. So if you're interested in uh, in doing podcasting and you're kind of like, well, where do I even start? I have a gift uh, for helping you to set up your studio, which would, if you go to podcastingonpurpose.com, uh, you can download a free software equipment and studio guide. And if you're looking for more support around implementing this practice in your business as a spiritual entrepreneur, you can uh, email our team at support at Debbie Adea, And I'm happy to have a conversation with you and see you know, how we might even work together around that, if that's something that you'd be interested in. Sounds great. And Debbie, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything you've shared or learn more or access any other resources you may have, where would they go? You can go to my podcast for sure. The spiritualentrepreneur.com is the one for spirituality and business and the other one podcastersonpurpose.com. But you can find all that at deviadea.com. That's D-E-V like victory, I-A-D like David, E-A.com. Sounds great. Debbie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest today has been the CEO of the spiritual entrepreneur, Devi Adea. Thank you again, Debbie, for joining us. Thank you, David. It's been such a delight, and I, I love what you're up to in the world. Keep doing it. You're amazing. Thank you. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website, 
at smashingtheplateau.com. You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we discussed how to overcome the fear that holds us back from what we are meant to share with the world and how Debbie has built stable growing revenue streams in her own business. Would you like more consistent, stable revenue in your business? Go to smashingtheplateau.com and click on Schedule Time with David to connect directly with me. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.